If only I needed to sync the tracks in any way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when we start putting these out in stereo. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the center line is the sneeze. I actually think we should start building luxury listening cabinets for the show where it's like a three-way speaker system, four-way <laughs> speaker system, and you sit in there and it's like we're all coming from different parts of the room. <laughs> that would be pretty we're all on every side of you. Yeah, watch this space for the sweet merch drop. Uh, We're closing in slowly, uh, telling yeah. you what to watch. We have breaking news at the top of the show here. Uh, we here at the Content Nausea Podcast Factory would like to extend our congratulations to President... And then I'm going to leave that blank so then you can punch in whatever it is. Okay, yeah, in two weeks when this comes out. Yeah. Uh -huh. Just we'll, know, we'll, we'll, we'll know by then, and you can just punch that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that way we'll be on we'll be on the the right side of whichever one comes yeah. out. Yeah, dude, I can't oh. believe you won. I am oh. so stunned or disappointed. Che Guevara came back from the dead and is now president of Florida. That'd be all right. I just you know we did it. This is my fight song. I saw a video of that the other day, and it's um, it's a bummer. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. The fateful night in the Javits Center. Brutal. Anyway. Anyway. We have a podcast here. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is a podcast. This is content nausea, baby. Woo. Back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Back from the dead uh, with a big old Halloween special. Oh yeah, Halloween! Yep. Halloween has has happened. We are in the in the harvest season. Truly, the jack o' lantern on my fucking living room right now looks real dead. The that picture you tweeted, I can't Whoa. believe how quickly it. He, he's he's even worse now. He looks like Popeye. Truly <laughs> <laughs> really deformed sure. Those things do are not built to last, dude. Once you carve those up, mm -hmm. but I like it. It's been gauging my feelings as November has gone along. <laughs> great watching the election things with him because his face was just—it was it on point, just a deep, it's horrified look. It sank in real time. I wish I was recording like a time lapse of my TV with the pumpkin right next to it. <laughs> would. And that's our election coverage. Mm -hmm. That's all of the election. Unless it goes on for another. Okay, you are cutting out a little bit for me. Oh, good. Let me. Oh. I'll fix it. Bye. Yeah, I'm so glad my terrible audio issue led over to the actual show. That should be better. Yeah, I can't wait to edit it. Welcome uh, to the new age of... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, radioactive. That's right, welcome <laughs> back to content. <laughs> uh, I guess we should just... Uh, oh, we should say our names. Um, yeah. Uh, or does anyone have a good intro? Uh... Previously on Racer Trash. Or do whatever you want there. <laughs> I think you should leave Thanks, that. man.
Yeah, Thanks, man. I fucking, fucking crushed it. Let's Thanks, see. bro. All right. Right. Thank, listen, that was the option for a improv bit. That one take. Content Naja. I'm Connor. I'm Miles. I'm Eric. I'm Brooke. Are you sure? I am feeling okay about it. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're not, I mean, I, I don't know what I mean, but where are you going with this? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> do you have other options? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, have, I'm pretty. In- we have a brook with a no e. Oh God, no! How dare you? That's- we have brook <laughs> with a u instead of two o's. What? Brook. <laughs> All bad options, really, but I appreciate the effort. I, there was a effort, so this, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate the nothing, then. It is uh, content as your time. Are, you're already feeling nauseous. Um, I know I am. These bits are yeah, making me yeah. sick. Oh, uh, you know. Uh, but luckily, yeah. you know, we had a good time celebrating the better of the, the recent important days, Halloween. Halloween. Uh, uh, that- oh. Sam Hoon. Sam Hagar was this past Friday or Saturday. <laughs> we all saw him running down the street shirtless, as he, he does once a year. He could to not drive, but sixty-five. Yes, and uh, we, man, this is we we didn't do this for too long. So Halloween happened, and we hung out and we watched a bunch of shit. And before we get yes, into we the rest of the shit we watched for over these last few weeks, let's break those babies down. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was it was a nice mix of things. Um some of us had never seen, uh some of us already loved and you know, everything else in between. So when uh, you're when you're programming like a horror movie marathon, you kind of you you want to cover all your bases. Of course. Mm-hmm. You don't want like <clears throat> 10 hours of slashers in a row. They're going to bleed together. It's not going to be <laughs> as memorable. <laughs> you want to you want to mix your shit up. And you we did it. it. We we ran the gamut of Yeah. We did run the gamut pretty well. It was a, yeah, solid. There was children's entertainment. There mm-hmm. were slasher films. There were uh, stoner teen comedies. Mm-hmm. There were, um, I guess, a mockumentary kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Found, found footage, kind found of. Found footage, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's basically all your horror cinema food groups right there. And we fucking nailed it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna break them down here. We kicked it off with what I think was a hanging way to kick it off. Uh, the Rankin Bass cla- unseen classic, Mad Monster Party. Amazing! Wait, mm-hmm. It really nice something. From 1967, starring, starring Boris Karloff and Phyllis Diller. Absolutely. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I cannot help but say uh, just from the jump that Phyllis Diller was the star. Oh, a hundred percent, without question. Oh man, the decision was... to have Phyllis Diller play the Bride of Frankenstein as herself <laughs> is truly inspired. Extremely funny. She just makes stupid, shitty jokes to herself at every moment in the movie. No one else laughs at her own joke, and no one else just spends, I think, nearly 90 straight minutes bombing. Yeah, but it is wonderful to watch because she does not care. No, she's just having a great time. (laughs) The longer it went on, the harder we all laughed. (laughs) Very true. She sings, I believe, two songs? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are some other songs by people that weren't her in the movie, but who fucking cares? Phil mm-hmm. Stiller yep. sang two songs in this. That's what matters. I mean, I don't know how much we want to go into the plot itself, because it was a very odd, kind of arbitrary, convoluted plot, which is why it was an hour and a half, which is long for a Rankin-Bass like, TV thing. Oh, yeah. It was really long, and it felt really long, which and, is probably yeah. why, now, which just why they don't show this every year on TV. Now, if yeah, it's like, it's an hour. hour. I was just going to say, if you're listening and somehow don't know what Rankin-Bass is, it's pretty much all of your holiday claymation stuff back mm-hmm. from the 60s, late 70s, early 70s. And Yeah, you've got your, you know, Santa Claus coming to town, you're without a Santa Claus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they know what they're doing. Like, the monsters are very cute. The music's fine. Um, you've got some, some stars, sort of. But yeah, in general, this is an odd one, because it has way too much, like, plot that it doesn't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Boris Karloff invents like the death ray or something. Uh, it's a death and juice, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the death juice. It's so good at be at, at killing that he's like, all right, I have peaked. I am retiring from the ghoul industry. I'll invite all my ghoulish friends to a big party on my island and announce my retirement there and name my successor. He might so, his friends private yeah. island. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry. It was uh, Little St. James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so all the, all your favorite haunts and haints show up. Dracula's there, Wolfman's there, there's a mummy. I could sign and Phyllis Diller. Uh, the Invisible Man was there. I'm trying to remember all of them because they really fucking brought uh, up uh, the Mummy, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde. That's right, Murloc. I mean, you basically kind of have the creature from the Black Lagoon, but not. There's like yeah, a sea that's monster. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's basically everybody. And then uh, also basically Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, so Jimmy Stewart is a hapless pharmacy technician who gets invited to the Mad Monster Party. And this is not actual Jimmy Stewart, because it technically could be. It is just a guy who's very clearly doing that voice. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And he oh, is... Wait, Go ahead. I was going to say, the house butler is also a guy very clearly doing Peter Lorre. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So I do love the amount of like, light, like, oh, you know who we're doing, right? Um, and it's odd. Like You have all these people together, which is very cool. Don't think they ever fully mesh together. No. Um, I do say I would watch plenty of them just on a cruise with the weird uh, sea captain and his first mate. They were maybe my favorite side characters. Oh, that ruled the whole yeah, bit when they got on the that. ship. Yeah, those two rocked. It also bonus points to the when they finally get to the castle. The only other song that's not a Phil Stiller song that's worth mentioning is there's just a skeleton band. Yep, and they all have like Ginger Ramon's hair, and it's great. It's like a Phibia and Tibia bit as their name. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're cute as hell. I, I like those guys. We also see some good slappage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's some some great physical comedy. Yeah, if you want to see Jimmy Stewart hurt a woman, <laughs> <laughs> boy, do we have, boy, do we have something for you? 
can't recommend enough. Mad Monster Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it was it was neat. Is a re- it's it's it should not be an hour and a half long, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great background if you're at the Halloween yeah. party. Oh, exactly, and you know a little long, but if you love Rankin Bass stuff, if you love Halloween, uh, if you like are not super paying attention to this, it's perfect. Yes, totally. Yeah, we we took a turn in, I think, a very different but very fun direction afterwards. Um, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you had to get your weird slasher sequel in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I I believe Prom Night 2 is one of the best weird weird slasher sequels ever made. Because the original Prom Night is pretty lame, all things considered, except for I really like Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Mm-hmm. The disco scene's fun, but yeah, yeah. I when you like were about prom night. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. When you put up prom night too, I was like, I don't know, man. And then I was like, oh, it's a completely different thing. It just also centers around a prom. Yes. So the the titular Mary Lou was like the prom queen in 1950 something, and her jilted boyfriend uh, burns her to death on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then with, with dynamite, maybe. Yeah, with, with like a stick dynamite. of dynamite that just lights her on fire. Very cool. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's it's very cool. And then uh, what? Twenty five something years later, that same jilted ex boyfriend is now the principal or something of this high school. And what's this? Is the spirit of Mary Lou possessing the current prom queen and making her fucking kill everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, actually, yes, that's, that's what's going on. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> You'd never believe it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real fun, goofy supernatural slasher. I I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely worth watching. Even if even if you like have no desire to watch Prom Night One, I think this movie has a lot of merit. Um, have you I never feel- heard of or seen a Prom Night? Prom Night Two. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this would be, like, a beloved slasher movie if it wasn't a sequel to something. Like, there's a lot of good stuff here. You just don't have, like, a huge cast. I think, like, Michael Ironside is the most famous person. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right, he was in that. Yeah, and, like, you know, he's great and all, and he's good in, you know, horror-related things, for sure, but at the same time, like, that's not what teens would go to the movies to, you know, in 87. But, um, yeah. I get my Ironside fix. Oh hell yeah. Oh, yeah! But I do kind of feel like you know this. This would have had like a bigger crowd if it wasn't a sequel. Mm-hmm. Worth a look. Mm-hmm. And then yet again, vastly different direction afterwards. Oh, that's uh, right. I think that was over the garden wall. After yes, we finally watched it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over the garden wall. I'm most excited to hear, now that we've seen it, from Brooke and Connor on this. Me and Eric have been watching it for years now. Yeah, this this has been in the works for some time, is getting me and Brooke to sit down and watch this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, having done it, I'm glad I did. Yeah, they, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it was... I knew it was, like, fall-oriented. I didn't realize quite how much, so that was really nice, too. Because I was when we were like, we'll do it on Halloween, I was like... Okay, I do want to see this, but it just feels like a like autumnal thing, not like a Halloween thing, and it kind of works for both really well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the the and- twist does make it a, more of a Halloween thing, I think. Yes, the twist does set it up. Mm-hmm. Which, this being a fairly recent thing, I feel like we probably shouldn't overtly try to spoil things, but I will say that twist is something that your mileage will vary on. Yes, it's mm-hmm. also something you'll probably feel different about as it gets further away and further I, watching. Mm-hmm. I, it's been days since we watched that thing. I still can't tell if I if that totally fucking ruins it for me. If I can say this, first time I watched it, didn't like it. When I watched it a year later, I loved it. This does feel like the kind of thing that like, when people get into it or it becomes like a not necessarily a regular watch all the way through, because it's not super short. I mean, is it technically a movie that got split up on TV, or is it in a miniseries? I wasn't fully sure. It was shown as shorts. Uh, I think it's billed as a miniseries. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, know, it's 110 or so minutes, something like that. It's not, you know, tiny. Mm -hmm. But it does kind of, you know, it's episodic, and it's cute. But yeah, you definitely, like... As a first-time watcher, there was a lot of, like, learning about the characters and yeah. what was going to happen. And that makes sense. That's going to happen anytime you watch something for the first time. And I liked it from the jump. It was really cute. And it's definitely, you know, humor-wise and animation-wise is some, like, some other really cool stuff of, like, the last so many years. But, um... I honestly... Yeah, I need to watch again in part just because I was just completely... Um distracted in a wonderful way by Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> Performance of a lifetime. felt so bad how much that made me laugh every single time he spoke. His voice <laughs> he sounds, he sounds state, extremely silly. In the state that we were in, it was extremely funny. Just his oh, like, complete, like, like, hamming it up, like, oh. rippling his own jowls around, like, um, Nixon and Futurama, basically. Yeah, it did feel like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing because I didn't even know he was in it, so it was just such a nice surprise all the way through. And I was just like, "What? He's yeah. in this? Like Every this?" Time he came back too. You guys got so happy. <laughs> oh, it was very nice. Yeah, definitely peak moments. Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> the beast. Don't the beast. Don't walk. But yeah, you know, I mean, I I think also. And it's I, I'm still thinking about it more than I think about most things I watch for the first time. But I think there are a lot of things about that that I love. I love the aesthetic they're going for. I love the music, uh, the songs. I you know some of them are pretty good. Yeah, actually, for uh, those but, who don't know, it's a secret musical in some ways. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. There's there's a lot of songs, but there are so <laughs> many individual pieces of that thing that should really work for me. But I'm still not a hundred percent sure that they all totally click with for me together. Yeah, I think yeah, my only complaint is just I almost <laughs> wish that there was like stretching out of different storylines that were a lot more rich and complicated than like the tiny everything was enjoyable, but it, yeah, there was just stuff that I wished like we had more time with. No, that's one of the appeals to me too, is rewatching, is you always wonder what else there was, because there's some really deep dives that could have happened that could have been their own movie. Yeah, because that's why yeah, stuff like I, this I, is like a, it should be like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, Not just a miniseries. 
it, it could they could very easily do a lot more with the world that they built in the unknown i think mm-hmm. um and i know they there were so, some comics but i never read any of them i didn't know that was a thing yeah uh mm-hmm. but I, I the creator says he basically doesn't have anything else he wants to do in that world uh which oh, is because like I'd love something where they just explore the unknown, like with the characters who live there. It'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the um, same time, it kind of makes me happy that they're done with it. I honestly have started to prefer when they just leave something good alone. You know, it's yeah. genuinely surprising that Cartoon Network let it be a one and done thing. So, yeah. Well, well I, think I think about like it shared some humor, in my opinion, to stuff that's like, you know like Adventure Time and things like that, where there's just, like, goofy humor based on things that are technically for children, where you're like, that's a, that's an, an adult joke, it's not a dirty joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shares a lot it of, like, feels- style And I feel like Adventure Time, as much as I liked it when it first was on, it has had so many fucking seasons. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it really has. To the point that it's like no longer attainable to me. Like I have no desire to watch all of those, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good. The the end. I I I watched a good portion of it with uh, Scotty before it ended. Um, my old roommate in our apartment. We just watched like a season of at a time together. It got pretty good near the end, but like there's a lot of filler in there. Why did we watch after that? Well. We did some, like, you know, hops into a handful of different things for a little bit, but then... As is tradition. As is. Oh, yeah. But the uh, the next film on the list is one that most of us had seen before. It's one of my childhood favorites. I love this movie. Um, Idle Hands from 1999. Yeah. Yeah, we went from something for the kids for some, for, to something for the, for the teens. Yeah. <laughs> the cool teens. It is... Yeah, I, my brother and I were so excited about this movie when it came out. We rented it immediately and have been in love with it since. It is so fucking stupid, and I will never not enjoy it. Oh yeah, this was my first time seeing it, and it was that was fantastic. It is very silly. It is, you know, and it's also a very easy watch. I think some people have gone into it like... I don't know, with some type of like much richer expectation, and it is just a stupid slasher stoner comedy right. uh, like about a guy who is so fucking lazy that his hand gets possessed. Right, mm-hmm. and it turns into the Evil Dead 2 hand bit, but for an entire movie. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, it's a pretty good fucking cast, because you have Devin Sawa, who people would probably know most from like the final, uh, the first Final Destination movie. Um, he's also like the teen heartthrob of my generation. Uh, he is also technically Casper's human form. Just so you know, we're still on a Halloween kick. Yes, he what is. Career. Oh yeah, he he was you know the guy for tons of girls a little bit older than me. Um, Seth Green, Jessica Alba, Vivica A. Fox, um, Jack Noseworthy, Eldon Hansen, lots of fun people. Fred Willard. Um, Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Um, and you've got, like, really side people you don't ever see. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Gass is uh, one of the fast food employees, and so is Tom DeLonge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there in the love. Yeah, so, like, it is, you know, it's just a fun time. Um, it's incredibly silly. Lots the of his... Does up. 
Osper shows up. Yeah, the they're is in this movie. Mm-hmm. They they play the Halloween dance, which has amazing production value. I wish my school had a Halloween dance. Like, yeah. I'd go to that. Um, that would be great. Yeah, but it was you know it's really it's just a very fun silly movie. I always forget how fucking good the music is too. Oh yeah, God, that Dracula sequence is fucking yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. That is why I knew what that song was when I was a kid because I was like, yeah, this rocks. This is great. Yeah, I put it on a mix CD after I watched that movie. The fact that they play the whole song's length but just the chorus. Over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, you know, priorities, I guess. Stuff. Hey, it never loses its luster. It doesn't. Dragula. Dragula's a great fucking song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, so we did Idle Hands. Um... Followed up with I, you know, a movie that half of us had also seen before, half of us hadn't. Um, the WNUF Halloween special. Yes, this is one of my favorite uh, annual Halloween viewing experiences. It is a loving, sometimes too loving tribute to local access television and tape trading and shit like that. It, it is a incredibly faithfully done. Uh, tape of a Halloween night broadcast from a local access station in 1987, I want to say. I think so, yeah. Sure. Where, you know, a shithead local news reporter goes to the spook house in town to have an exorcism, and naturally shit gets pretty scary from there. It it has a lot of lineage with Ghost Watch, the BBC thing from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so similar, which is an identical <laughs> premise, but they did that shit for real on the BBC. Yeah, yeah, it that's very funny. Ghostwatch is so cool. Ghostwatch um, is great. Next Halloween, we should do that one instead. I like trading those off. Yeah, I think it's good to go back and forth because I think this movie is like WNUF is so fucking cool and so well yes. made. Um, it's all shot on video. Yeah, like I had watched like, like I watched VHS and like a handful of those like horror anthology movies a few Halloweens back. It was fucking painful, like poorly done, very. Cheesy in a way I didn't like. This is so well done. Well, do you, did I ever... I probably mentioned at some point that how they distributed this thing. I'm not sure. Was they, it on tape? Well, yeah. So they made a bunch of tapes of this and just kind of stuck them in like flea market bins and shit. Oh. Kept waiting for word of mouth to spread about people finding this weird fucked up tape. Huh. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah, to then eventually come out and be like, yeah, this was our this was our project. That's cool. They did such a good job. Like the casting is perfect. I was gonna say, everybody looks accurately like a shitty local news uh, correspondent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the psychic Especially, husband and wife. Oh, they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're uh, very well cast. Was it uh, Frank Stewart? Was that the main? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was perfect. Just he sucks so bad. Oh, just yeah. the, it's like the most exactly what you would think about when you think about like just like some shitty, cynical like local news reporter who's way too full of himself, and mm-hmm. it's just it, it's pitch perfect, much like the rest of this movie. And the one thing it does way too well to the point that it almost detracts from the overall experience is it cuts to commercial break accurately throughout this broadcast 
And the runtime is like 87 minutes or so. I would say almost half of that is commercials. Yeah, really yeah. good. That is commercial. And they're super fucking well done commercials, and I love that they committed to doing that, but man. And there's like uh, scanning forward in it, like they're skipping over mm-hmm. a bunch of commercials. Which is cool, but being honest, I think I enjoyed it a little less than everyone else. I just thought that the it went from the point of being something fun to more of an act of reproducing the thing rather than just being something to enjoy. I can't actually really recommend this to a wide audience. This would more just be someone specifically looking for this kind of thing. I don't know. I I think I would show like I know my sister like for a long time both of us weren't big into horror movies but i think i would show this to her because i think this really captures a fun horror movie feeling that like a lot i don't know maybe it just didn't click with me at all it just didn't do it for me i i think it is also at the very least a really cool thing to have on in the background agreed Mm -hmm. i actually completely agree with that that shit will make your halloween party popping yeah, and right. it, they did a great job and everything. I'm not disparaging the quality. It's fantastic for what they were trying to do. I just don't think I liked what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, it, that's fair. It, But it, it totally worked for me. I was really glad that I didn't watch this, like, two days beforehand because I was about to on the Plex, and then I was like, no, just in case. Nice. One. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's a fun group one. Um, like, Miles, I... I would say it's one of the movies that is like it is slow on purpose and it's great that it does it because it's way more Mm -hmm. accurate that way like it's not trying too hard um but yeah like it is totally the kind of thing that like we maybe should have watched earlier in the night with you there yeah it was a weird closing in on it when we're all like so fucking tired i am sure yeah that was a late night yeah, brought you down a little bit because it is genuinely so fucking cool. But the first time I watched it, I watched it like 8 p.m. and was completely wide awake and was like, this is so much fun. And this most recent time, oh, still again, amazing. It's cool. It just, out of everything we watched, I think that's the bottom of my list of a lot of good stuff that night. I get it. But yeah, I think this time around, I still loved it. But yeah, I was like very tired. So I was like, I love this, but I need it to be over soon. I need to go to sleep. Um, but by the time you get to the end and, and things start ramping up, when it comes to commercial, you get mad in the way you would actually watching TV. And mm-hmm. I, I, and I love that. I think that alone is really fucking cool. Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked the feeling it gave me. Like It's like watching my local uh, newscast and being annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys are such like cool filmmakers. They did such a good job. But yeah, that was our Fright Fest. The Great Fright Fest. Mm-hmm. There was a prologue and epilogue to it, which we most of us, I think, watched separately. Mm-hmm. Anyone take it? Well, we'll I'm going to talk about the other uh, prologue to this. Well, I'll stick in more of a vapor style. Yeah. I, I... Oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch this. I was gonna say, yeah, we we probably don't want to go too deep into to the vapor world again. No, we, we just want to mention that it's happened. Yeah, they, yeah, because they the vapor kings are fucking back at it with amazing work. Yeah, 
They did a Halloween double feature. Uh, uh, the 90s Bram Stoker Dracula and Alien. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. Not much really to say on it. It's out there. I, I, I believe they, to alleviate election stress yesterday, they put out the Alien half for free on their Vimeo. They put mm-hmm. up part of it. It's not the whole thing, but it's the definitely thing. the most, one of the better parts of it. It, it so was some part of it is out there and worth taking a look at. Absolutely, yeah, it was right near the end. It was, um, it was the part right when uh, Parker and Lambert get killed by the aliens. Yep. Uh, Rule. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm excited when they play it again, so I can watch them both all the way through. Because I was definitely doing like spooky things, like you know, taking care oh, yeah. of things around the place. <laughs> so I didn't pay full attention. Um. Which is tricky with those because when you're like focused in on them, it can be a little ridiculous if it's a section you don't like. But if yeah. you stop paying attention for like half a second, you're like, "What now? Reoccurring bit am I missing?" Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was so fun and well made. I hope these guys like never stop anytime soon. Like I genuinely love everything they've done so far. Oh yeah, to many more and. I personally thought the alien one was better. That's why I went to sense on it. Yeah, I think the alien one was better. I like the alien one better. Uh, I do like how horny the Dracula one was. It was oh, really fucking horny. Mm-hmm. So I, as I said, I, I did not watch this. Uh, since Bram Stoker's Dracula is the greatest movie of all time, I'm assuming that's the better half. But <laughs> I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I actually watch it. It's tricky because I almost feel like there's something about their format that's so decadent that, like, I haven't seen them do any, like, super sexy adult shit yet. Like, the closest they got was Romeo plus Juliet, but even that mm-hmm. is still kind of tame. Um, this is, yeah, the, like, the, the most sexual any of the vapor stuff has been, and it was, like, not quite as ridiculous as I thought it was going to be. Well, they like, almost hit their guys. Yeah, but like they almost handle the kid shit better because it somehow works a little easier. I think. I can concur. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's because they're doing it on Twitch. Oh, that, I don't know if that that might play into it, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's definitely still you know appropriately, prom stroker, but you know still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the the scene especially with uh, Gary Oldman when he's uh, young again with the long hair and the uh, suit and the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. I didn't expect Carrie Eels to show up. I completely forgot. In that. Yeah, I forgot a lot of the cast. Mm. Yeah. That was uh, the other thing we kind of watched. Now, who wants to take the reins from here? Well, we also watched a triple feature. Oh, did we not talk about that? We did. It's been, this time it has been that long. Before. Wow. Um, which is why Connor was correct in saying it's been too long since we did one of these. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because uh, we forgot how. Yeah. But yeah, we popped on down to the. What, what is that? The What is the name of that drive in? Midway. It's not the Autorama, right? It's Midway. Midway driving on the road here to 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 peep some Halloween classics, mm-hmm. some Christmas classics. I was gonna say a lovely holiday triple feature. Yeah, it was a good yeah. one. It was a it was Gremlins, Poltergeist, and a Scream. 
I genuinely love all three of those movies, mm-hmm. and I've seen them a lot. <laughs> I getting to see all of those on the big screen was 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 great. It, it, that was really cool. I have owned a copy of Poltergeist for almost ten years, but I hadn't watched it until that night. That was a perfect way to do it. <laughs> God, it, Poltergeist is such a cool movie. I saw it somebody is. review it recently that was like, Poltergeist is clearly made by people who love their family. <laughs> and I was like, that's like not a bad review, because I feel like a lot of horror movies, it's like the tears of the family apart, or somebody's a piece of shit. That family genuinely cares about each other. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to save each other the entire time. Mm-hmm. They, they seem like nice, real people. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the, the mom and dad smoking weed in the bedroom, very funny. Yeah, the first time I watched the, the scene when like the weird sliding happens in the kitchen where if you like sit it just moves whatever object down. Um mm-hmm. her just experimenting with entirely shit that would happen in my household and I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I like this. I like that this is a scene in this movie. Yeah, where she's just setting a chair in one spot and like watching it move. Yeah. Trying to figure out which way the like it's moving stuff. Mm-hmm. All that all that stuff, like the domestic stuff, all feels very authentic, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that this movie was supposedly ghost-directed by Steven Spielberg. It, yeah. it really it does sense. feel like it, uh, in some ways. Uh, yeah, you can see. Not to disparage Tobe Hooper, but that's not his M.O. exactly. Mm-hmm. No. no. Um. Yeah, we, I guess not to completely slide over Gremlins, I love Gremlins with all my heart. Mm-hmm. I know it's a Christmas movie, um, but I, I think it definitely works for both holidays. Yeah, it definitely does. I forgot. I definitely associate it, it way more strongly with Christmas, but I can mm-hmm. see the argument for watching it on Halloween, especially because yeah. it was fucking like 20 degrees in that drive-in. Oh, oh absolutely. So, Jesus. so real you know. Christmassy. Truly, thematically, uh, 100% that worked. Um, mm. It was so fucking cold. <laughs> and, you know, as said, you know, from the little girl that I befriended in the bathroom, uh, Gremlins is a scary movie, as she told me. Hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, you're, you're not wrong, little girl. Yeah, I think, she, didn't she say it's like, that's a little too spooky or something? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I was like, because I was telling her the movies I was watching because she was asking me, and I was just like, well, you know, blah, 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 and then mentioned Gremlins. I was like, you might like Gremlins out of those three. You know, I think that is the most children appropriate. Yeah, and oh, probably. Just like, because I watched it as a kid, but I also watched Scream and Poltergeist as a kid, so I'm not the person to ask. Sure. Um, I didn't watch yeah. it as a kid, but I did watch Gremlins, and like, same. It scared oh, me man. as a kid, but it's still like, I still liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it feels more kid oriented, but it's also definitely eighties kid oriented, where there's shit in there that shouldn't be for children. Mm-hmm. Um, that you forget till you watch it again. Thank for children you. with cool parents. Thank you, Gremlins, for creating PG thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, because I also I watched Scream all three obsessively as a kid. My brother and I are crazy about those movies. Four also pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, Scream's great. It was oh, yeah, so. Fun. It was so much fun to watch that on the big screen because I've seen that movie so many times. Mm. Oh, seeing and Matthew like, Lillard. Oh, about Matthew Lillard anytime Matthew Lillard showed up, or honestly Rose McGowan, Tatum was like my fave as a kid of any of the girls. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I fucking love Scream. She gets the gnarliest death, which is worth something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that gets us up to speed with all the shit that we did together. My gosh. You want to start breaking this out? Yeah, what did folks watch separately? I will bust out my list because it's pretty quick. Um, I'm just going to run through them first. I watched Cast a Deadly Spell, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I watched Mm. Uncle Boon Me. Fuck uh, yeah. Blood Simple and the Scooby-Doo movie from 2002. Yes. Uh, All great. All all pretty good, honestly. Um, So I have a... I have something to tell you about Cast a Deadly Spell, in case you didn't know. Yeah. So there is a sequel to that. Oh, really? That uh, is directed by Paul Schrader. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. And it's fucking crazy. I now have to watch this. I I have to watch this. I, I, I enjoyed Cast a Deadly Spell. It was a uh, like 1950s detective movie starring Fred Ward as uh, Harry Philip Lovecraft. Um, and his task was to recover the Necronomicon for his like employer, uh, and possibly from Clancy Brown, who's like a crime boss, and Julianne Moore is the femme fatale of this movie. Right. Overall, both, both great choices for that. Yeah, overall pretty good. Uh, there's some you know 1950s accurate uh homophobia, so you know. What else could sure. you expect? Uh, but overall, pretty fun. I really like the magic noir movie. That's fun. Yeah, that concept is very cool. Yeah, and I would say like the cast they had was like pretty good for what they were going for. Uh, behind the mask, rise of Le- Leslie Vernon. I. I think I told you guys about the other day, but it's uh it's about like an aspiring slasher who's like setting up his like thing and he's it's a mockumentary because he's invited like some grad student filmmakers to do a documentary on him and the uh like kill he plans to do next where he lures a bunch of teens to an abandoned house and then murders them all. <laughs> I'm I'm into this. It's pretty cool. It's like the WNUF. It's pr- it's only an hour and a half, but it feels like it could use some cuts. Mm. Uh, but I think still worth watching. It's it's enjoyable and it's a pretty interesting take on like the slasher movie. Alright. Have you have you ever seen Man Bites Dog? I have not. I've heard good things though. I love that fucking movie. It's a similar concept from the early 90s about a camera crew following a hitman around. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it is uh, dark and very fucking funny. Yeah, I've heard it's good, and I, when I was reading through the letterbox for uh, Behind the Mask, people were a little bit comparing it to Man Bites Dog. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then, yeah, Uncle Boon Me was good. I feel like I can't say a lot about that other than that it's just like a really beautiful movie and it's 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 so cool yeah it's it's very like it's, magical uh, realism that dude's got a great name oh yeah 
the director who goes by the nickname Joe. <laughs> That's a good choice. Very funny. Yeah, very tight. Because uh, he is an extremely long Thai name. Oh, yeah. Personal experience. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Trying to say I, all of it. I, I was trying. I kind of want to make Miles try to pronounce it, but I feel like in the interest of time, we should just move on. In the interest yeah. of time and cultural sensitivity, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, definitely watch it if you can. It did just leave Criterion, unfortunately, on the. Mm. It seems to come and go though, because I watched it last year in there. Yeah, I believe it it's is. one of those that could be on on Canopy or movie as well. Like one of those weird. It's probably fancy on. streamers. Yeah, I was gonna say his work seems to come and go on Criterion a lot because I watched it last year and mm-hmm. a bunch of his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything I've seen by him is just cool and slow in a very nice way. Yeah, I think some of his other stuff just came on to Criterion again this month too. Heck yeah! Yeah. Uh, then I watched Blood Simple, the first Coen Brothers movie. Great. It's good. Uh, the Coen brothers were already really good at making movies. I love them so yeah. much, and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And then Scooby-Doo, I don't also don't have a ton to say about it other than the cast is perfect. Uh, mm. Like I, I, Can you guys think of four people nowadays who could perfectly play the, the mystery gang? The only thing I have to say about it is Apparently, as Eric knows, there was a bunch of scenes cut from that movie because of oh, yeah. Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I will say the, the scene in the mansion where Shaggy and Scooby are having a fart off is high art. <laughs> <laughs> but it sure sounds like it. The, the fart, oh man, that, it's not a good movie, but it is a perfect movie. <laughs> I think. I, can, I watched Yeah. It's it's one that I've watched a lot since I was a kid, and like, even knowing how stupid it is, it's still very funny to me. Uh, I think it's so well made for like what it is. Yeah, uh, the CGI sucks ass now. Uh, you look at it, ah. and Scooby is a fucking eldritch horror. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, Killer Mike has a verse in the credits of this movie, so you get a punk Mister Bean. Like a spooky island. You do get like 2000s punk Mr. Bean. And Evil Sugar Ray. Evil Sugar Ray, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's been a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think we see any evidence that they weren't ever evil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're always bad guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at Mark McGrath. Long look at him. Uh, but yeah, that was, other than all the stuff we watched together, that was everything on my letterbox. I don't think I watched anything else, but, you know. Oh, I, I have been reading uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail by Hunter S. Thompson. Perfect. Good yeah, right? I Just reading it and being like, huh, so I can correlate most of this exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. <laughs> and gingers are descended from cats. Thank you, Mark Twain. Extremely stupid ways. Uh, we uh, listen, man. We we just gotta just gotta beat Nixon. Mm-hmm. We just gotta we just gotta get the one guy who can beat Ma- Nixon, and that's Ed Muskie. <laughs> uh, All right. 
is that's all you got, Eric. I can yeah. go quickly. That's it for me. I didn't watch any movies outside of those, but I did watch some TV, like a proud American, which I'm not, but I like to think I can be one day. It is just an interesting choice to put that label on right now, but you do you, man. I mean, listen, <laughs> I am anything if not well thought out in what I say. And what I'm saying is I watched two TV shows. Um, if I can remember both of them. Oh, call back to some stuff Eric was watching and I had watched. I finished the first season of Doom Patrol and I'm halfway through the second. That's and, right. We were talking about that. Yeah. Doom Patrol is just as funny as I remembered. Uh, not going to spend too much time talking about it. There's an earlier episode where we spent maybe 30 minutes talking about Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful. Brennan Fraser as a robot. Brennan Fraser is a robot, and he, near the end of the first season, he pretends to have an orgasm as a robot. This is true. In okay. a public space. Okay. And it's so he doesn't feel left out. It's very fucking funny. Like, that's just one bit out of every 10 minutes or so, there's a bit as good or close to as good as that. Uh, Second season takes a hard left turn in some ways, but in other ways, it's still Doom Patrol. Can't say enough to watch it. I really hope Connor Eric, Connor Brooke, I should say, take a look at it soon. And viewers like you. I do gotta finish the first season. You gotta finish that first season. The, The finale is... Mwah. Uh, the other thing I was watching was a hard sci-fi. Some of you may know it. It was, uh, uh, I almost said Interstellar, and that is not what I wanted to say. It, hold on, let me look. It's a hard sci-fi. It was actually on the sci-fi channel at first. The Expanse. The Expanse. I got you. Thank you. I, I was. I, is that the game, the sci-fi Game of Thrones that people keep telling me about? It doesn't feel like Game of Thrones to me, but I'm also a season in. So I hear it's very like politics, like complicated moving parts sort of thing. It does have a politicking side of things. It, I will agree on that. It's mostly just uh, fine. It, if you want something where the spaceships actually have a base, like let me put it this way. It's sci-fi with a hard sci-fi edge. It, the science, they at least try to excuse, like, oh, look, the spaceships do this because of this. There's gangs in space. One of the first episodes has a torture scene where they take a dude who grew up in outer, like, low gravity and put him in Earth gravity, and his bones are so weak they start fracturing, and they do that to torture for information. Mm, it's bummer. taking... Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. And the whole bu- show's kind of a bummer. Also, the Game of Thrones thing might not be as far off as I thought. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, there's this really stupid character. He's not who wears a fedora and thinks he's a cop. <laughs> he is a cop, but he just does the investigations in his tiny little fedora while the space Irish are just like, why are you against us? Oh, the space Irish. Those dirty <laughs> the- pot- <laughs> space potato-eating <laughs> freaks. <laughs> That, I'm sorry, the Belters live in that rust. The rust belt. <laughs> It'd be fine, my God. Uh, the outer belt, like there's Mars, Earth, and then the asteroids. 
but something has happened. Someone found a weapon, and they're, that's the whole point. It's like, it's fine. Honestly, I probably won't watch more. Fair enough. Yeah. There you have it, folks. <laughs> if you really love sci-fi, which honestly I'm not the... I like also, some sci-fi things, but not the biggest fan always, so... It feels like sci-fi for, for guys who read, like, sci-fi novels and are into, like, fucking Wing Commander. And Yeah, it's perfect honest, for people them. Who, people who read hard sci-fi novels, I don't, I don't care to speak to. It's people who like Foundation. Yeah, whatever, yeah. You know, your mileage may vary. I'm a sci-fi guy myself, but... I mean, I... Not, not I, that I think, kind. No, exactly. Not sci-fi, yeah. As a sci-fi guy, I'm not a fan of hard sci-fi. But this did keep me interested enough to keep watching a little bit into the second season, so who knows? You may hear me watching more. And watch the space. Watch the space. They do call... There's, like, some funny things with the language, though. Like, they call it gang spaced when they just put a guy in an airlock and let them out. <laughs> Which happens, like, every other episode. Some dude just getting kicked spaced. out. I, 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 I like getting spaced. <laughs> There's some fun lingo, actually. It's got parts of it I really like, like what they're just on, like, asteroid bases on the moon, just people being weird is fun. But the, the overall politics part is fine. Yeah. But yeah. All cool. I have. Yeah, right. Two for two. Who's next? Well, I, I, uh, I'll see your, your science fiction television show and raise you one way uh -huh. back. Uh, folks, I'm at, I'm I'm at it again. I've been watching Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Is, uh, I don't have much to say about that. Uh, if this wasn't going along already, I could really fucking fill some air here. But suffice to say, shout out to the one episode from the last season where uh, Cisco plays baseball in the holodeck against a team of Vulcans. <laughs> no show's fucking ending things like storylines are resolving we're getting crazy let's time out and do an entire holodeck baseball episode i do i have seen bits from that episode and it rules that is fucking how you make sci-fi by going to the holodeck that's right i like and it beyond that i only have like two movies i really want to talk about at all which are? Uh, first, I'll do something Halloween-y. I, I, I watched a lot of fucking horror movies, but in the interest of time, I feel like there's not much worth saying about most of them. But one I will go to bat for, having watched twice in the last week or so, Night of the Demons from 1988. So I good. Was, I was going to mention that, because that's one that I really want to watch after what we like sampled on Halloween. And we went through a little bit of it when we were hanging out, but I, I watched it a couple times. I watched it with my mom when I was home. She fucking loved it. It is uh, just a really good, I would say, underrated, uh, you know, teen demon possession party movie. Yeah, oh, I liked it yeah. when I saw, uh, <laughs> especially the character. Shout the fuck out to the MVP, the MVP of the film. Speaking of your friend Scotty, yeah. Hell Heavens at Stooge. Oh, yeah. Truly a highlight of the movie and possibly cinema as a whole. 
truly. It, the mullet was an eerily similar. Yeah. similar. The, the mullet and kind of to some degree, the, the lesser extent, the vest. Yeah. So spot on. Yeah. Well, he, uh, Stooge was wearing a sweater with, uh, was it, uh, like an Anarchy A? Like, yeah. a really shitty Anarchy A on the yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. The, the hair, though. Holy the shit. The hair and the, the hair. Earring, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. The dangly earring. It was. Oh, to be clear, unlike your friend Scotty, the Stooge is not, is a piece of shit. Oh, and it has also very clear. Stooge is a big, dumb, loud asshole. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. And I love him. It's like if we were looking at Dark Universe, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> He, in a very Breaking Bad sort of way, he punctuates basically every sentence with bitch. <laughs> I was thinking about the can't take this bitch anywhere scene. Yeah, having a seance where one of your friends sees a devil in the mirror and then being like, God, you can't take this bitch anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when she gets freaked out over seeing it like the devil. It's like, so fucking good, dude. Oh, I love Stooge. Oh, so one of funny. my one of my favorite screen queens, Linnea Quigley, is in here, and she's really good in it. She's great. I love her mm-hmm. in the uh, the gas station. Her mini she's got a great, yeah, yeah. She's got a great scene with her makeup. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Just all know. around, I think I think this is a fucking great schlocky '80s uh, Halloween movie. Definitely. Yeah. They're- yeah, it was a lot of fun. Ownage, it's funny, good music. What more do you need? Truly. So very good. And then to roll things back to non-Halloween content, the only thing I really want to talk about is I finally watched Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese. Hmm. The, the, the Netflix Bob Dylan doc about his uh, the Rolling Thunder Review tour. That he embarked on with all of his hippie friends. Mm-hmm. I and I because go ahead. I haven't seen this, but I've I've only seen footage of uh, Joni Mitchell playing Coyote. I think. Yes. Yeah. And fucking blowing Bob Dylan's mind while doing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like a weird docu fiction hybrid where because Bob Dylan has to be confusing. He's basically telling a half-true, half-false story about all the weird shit that went down during this tour. Uh, people who weren't actually there are interviewed prominently. Sharon Stone is interviewed as as someone who supposedly tagged along the whole tour. But it's just Sharon Stone. Well, it is. She's playing herself. She's like, yeah, when I was 17, I followed. Yes. Connor, I think you may have cut out. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was an awkward pause or he just left. What should we say about him while he's off air? Uh, Connor's a beautiful friend whose trust I would never betray. <laughs> Aww. Yes. Yes, that. Yes. You passed. Yeah. Brooke, how, how are your boys doing? They're good. Oh, a big stretch. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> said that Chico's about to fall off the bed. He's just so, Excellent. you know, stretched out. He's so comfy. Yeah. And then Harp is sleeping under the table. Oh, Very beautiful. Good. Hey, he's there we go. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened there. That was weird. Yeah. Well, we vamped, so big, it's good. Big, big thing popped up on Discord saying no input detected. Cool. It, it kept doing that to me earlier, so then I ended up, I switched to my phone. Like, ah, well. Yeah. 
I well, wherever I was with Bob Dylan, it's really fucking good. It's uh, there's just really good footage of that tour. You know, one of one of the best eras of Weird Dylan, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure, go. He's got a beautiful feathered hat, and he's wearing white face. They're on stage. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Good I, shit. The hat really sticks in my brain when I think about that poster on Netflix for it. The hat is incredible. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch that. I highly, I recommend it. It's worth checking out if you're a if you're a Dylan obsessive like I am, or if you're not. I'm not, but I just I think that sounds like a interesting a document, list. like a docu half fiction. A uh, fun story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that music and anyway. So. I do. God, the music is fucking. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I, I, I like I would just watch this just to see Joni Mitchell play Coyote again. That scene is incredible. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really all I got that's worth worth fit to print here. Oh man. Yeah. So I I'm not gonna do a lot because I know I know we're going long. Though granted, this is also our return after like many weeks off, so this was just gonna happen. Yeah. Um we're not doing yeah. terrible. Yeah, we could be doing worse. Um and most of these just deserve like a sentence to explain what the fuck it was. Um I watched, as I told them earlier, I counted it out. I watched 33 movies, not including the drive-in shit, um, since we last recorded. So, too many to talk about. And a lot of them are things that other people watched earlier that we've talked about, and hopefully things we'll talk about in the next few weeks when people, you know, also watch Borat too. But um, till then, there's a handful that I think are worth talking about. So... In an effort to sort of watch a bunch of Halloween things, like Mad Dash, the, the, the final week before, I watched the Rudy Ray Moore film, Petey Wheatstraw. Yeah. Nice. Where he is about to become the devil's son-in-law. Um, it's <laughs> an even more nuts movie than I thought it would be. I don't want to get into details just because it's fucking ridiculous and there's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy brings it, like always absolutely worthwhile movie to watch it is completely fucking insane i wish there was more satan because satan in this movie is so fucking great he's very funny uh he is very smooth uh he goes jogging at one point um it's just you know it's a good time with satan i wish he was in it more but honestly i did not realize the main villains in this movie are like an evil comedy duo that are trying to fuck over Petey Wheatstraw, because he's a more successful comedian. And, like, <laughs> I love that that is, like, you have the devil in your movie, and there's just more villainy coming from, like, the world of stand-up comedy. That is such a Rudy Ray Moore move, though, to just cram so many different fucking movies into that thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely fucking insane. And, yeah, so I just, you know, worth watching. It was, like, a delight. I could not believe how ridiculous it was. Um... Yeah, so P.D. Weechda, very good. I followed it up the next day with one of, um, I don't know, I'm not going to say one of my favorite movies because it's a weird movie. It's not necessarily a good movie or even adaptation, but the 1974 film adaptation of the French children's book, The Little Prince. Oh, okay. I 
love this book so much. Um, I could talk about it at length and I won't, but I want to. Um, I love this book. I did not know there was a movie and there's a reason because it did not do so hot. Um, despite being directed by Stanley Donan of like singing in the rain fame. Um, it's a weird fucking adaptation. They took a children's book, super long one at that, and turned it into a musical that's also live action. Um, like there's, there's a little bit of animation in it, but like you have all these characters that are traditionally animals that are now being played by humans. But mm-hmm. they're the probably the two strongest segments in the movie because, um, like I see a lot of people's reviews on this that are like so so, and I get it. I think it goes a little long. There's some songs that are just okay. Um, there's some parts of the the adaptation that are kind of fucking weird. But the two best parts of this movie and why I feel like it's worth bringing up is the humans that play the animals. So you've got the snake in the grass played by Bob Fosse. <laughs> it good fucking, start. It rocks. It's so good. His song is amazing. I love snake in the grass. I know every word. It's really good. Um, you just see him in the desert and he's like at one shot a snake. And then like, there's like a lot of experimental camera work in this movie, which is also weird. Um, and then he just does this like extended dance number in the desert, pretending to be a snake, but he's just a dude in a suit. And he's just like slithering around and like making his S's really long. Hmm. And he's like, I live in the Sahara. And you're, you're just like, okay, that's great, Bob Fosse. I fucking love it. Um, his, I always forget, his entire desert dance scene is clearly ripped off by Michael Jackson in the 80s. Really? All, all of the Michael Jackson moves that we know, to some degree, even the moonwalk, kind of come from this. Which is, you know, sort of fucking ridiculous. Because um, it is... Bob Fosse is an influential man. He really is. And he's so talented and ridiculous. And this whole dance number is insane. And I fucking love it. And it's basically, a Snake in the Grass is just this offer that, hey, if you're stuck on Earth and you want to go back home, just let me know, and I'll fucking kill you, and you'll be able to, like, descend back home. Because um, I'm a snake in the grass, and that's just what I do. It's, like, dark and weird and amazing. Um, and the other highlight is the other animal, notably played by human, is the fox, who's played by Gene Wilder. And he dresses in basically the fantastic Mr. Fox, like, brown suit. Mm. And just, like, runs around and, like, is in the, like near the trees. And it's just like, whoa, kid, you're a hunter, aren't you? You're going to kill me? Like, that's what humans do. You, you all kill. I'm a fox. I got to be wary of you. Um, and then they end up befriending each other. There's a great musical number called Closer and Closer. And Gene Wilder says the most famous line in the whole book slash movie and it's lovely and yeah i could talk about it for you know a long time but yeah little prince the 70s version is fascinating um i don't expect people to watch this whole thing unless they really love the book but those two scenes alone are worth watching Um, i i am sold on that cast alone and i actually haven't read that book but i feel like i should do that first i love the book i own the book it's very good um yeah, I, I know it's a heralded children's classic. Oh, it's so good. I read it as like a you know a middle schooler. I I told you the story recently. Like I fucking yeah, there's lots of fun feelings about that story and both film adaptations actually. Um, 
So I continued on with weird watches for the rest of this week. Another highlight was the Paul Lind Halloween special from 1976. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a less than hour long TV special that only aired once because it was such a shit show. Oh, wow. Uh, Hell yeah. It is, I think, definitely a neighbor to the Star Wars ha- holiday special. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. That seems late for Paul Lind. Is that part of why it's so weird? Well, no, because he's still definitely a TV guy in 76, for sure. I mean, he's Hollywood Squares. Um, mm. But he is just a bitch the whole movie, um, which is not surprising. And his co-star, his, his most prominent co-star, because like all the holiday specials, you just have a bunch of random celebrities you could get. His main co-star is fucking Margaret Hamilton, who's reprising the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz for the first time in this fucking special. Huh. What on earth? Yeah, so she at first is like very cranky maid, and she goes, guess what, Paul? I'm actually a witch. And then like, boom, she's the Wicked Witch again. Um, and you have other weird, like, you know, celebrity co-stars. You have some Tim Conway stuff. There's a whole weird trucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Paul Lynn gets a one wish and he goes, my one wish is to be a trucker. And you're like, why? Why is that your one wish? And then you find out he also just wants to marry this like lady. Like there's a lot of compulsory heterosexuality with Paul Lynn in this movie, in this special. And it's very weird and very funny. Um, yeah, you have Florence Henderson, who at one point um, sings and it's fine. Um, Betty White is in it and is very funny. And you have the musical guest is Kiss. Sure. Yeah. In this house. This is fucking bizarre. <laughs> it's so weird. That's why I had to say stuff about it because I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this again. Um, but yeah, I I think it was worth watching just to see Margaret Hamilton dressed as the Wicked Witch introduce Kiss to play their great song, Beth. Oh my god. I wow. It's my favorite Kiss song. It's a terrible song. That's the scariest song. Oh my god. I like, I like sure. Beth, but that's such a funny song to play on a Halloween special. You get Kiss for your Halloween special and have them play Beth. I know, because they played another one too, but Beth was like, I was like, because she introduces them, and I was like, there's no way they're going to play it. And then yeah, I, hear, I hear her say, and they're playing Beth. And I was like, what? No one in their I, right mind would have them play Beth. I have no idea, but I love them for it. Because I was like, I was obviously like unpacking during this. This was not like a, a solid watch. I stopped yeah. what I was doing for that. I was like, there's no fucking way. Um, yeah, bizarre, bizarre movie. Um, that sounds. Uh... Yeah, it was, it was a choice. Um, I'm glad it exists. But yeah, so there was that. Um, did Tales of Terror, which was a horror anthology, mostly just worth bringing up that um, the middle section is Vincent Price and Peter Lorre um, just doing basically um, a wine tasting challenge, and it's amazing. Um, that segment alone is just a delight to watch those two get wasted. Um, the thing from another world, which is the you know origin of the thing, really, I was it was very I was impressed. It was way. Had you seen that? Had you seen that before? No, I'd only seen chunks of it, um, and it was a lot better than I thought it would be. Like, See, because I actually I saw that before I saw the Carpenter one, and oh, I had wow. seen it a lot before I saw the Carpenter one, 
And I think it's a lot more boring than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's amazing. But I think that it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Because I'd always heard it's just okay. Um, Or it's kind of crappy. It's no Carpenter one. Which is true. The Carpenter one is amazing. I fucking love that movie. That is like a five-star movie for me. I fucking love it so much. Well, it's also, you gotta gotta remember, it's not even the gimmick of the Carpenter one. No, it's a total... It's not even present in there. Yeah. It's just like a big guy. Yeah, you have very different things that they're doing after a certain point, but you definitely see what it took from it. And what it took is really successful. I think the thing that worked for me in this that doesn't exist in the thing is women. Um, not not a one in the thing, but plenty in the thing from another world, and they have like agency. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. like they like Margaret Sheridan was probably my favorite character in this. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what did it for me way more than I thought it would. Where like I enjoyed some of these characters, I liked that there was a woman on the base. It did add something for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not amazing, but worth watching. Um, trying to go quickly, but there are a few notable things left that I will not be watching ever again, probably. Um, I watched Araya, which is a documentary from 1959 about a Venezuelan salt mine. Interesting. Um, okay. It was exceptionally fucking cool. Um, it has very divided reviews. Um, it's a beautifully photographed movie. It's in black and white, and I... I think a lot of people don't shoot black and white as well as they could. And it works so well for this because of the, the stark contrast of just the salt against the landscape. Cause they're in this just desert area and it just, it's gorgeous. You could just watch footage from this for hours and be pleased. It is beautiful. Um, and you have this whole village that is basically archaic in their methods because it is 59, you know, 58, 59 when this is even being like shot and they're moving it by hand. You know, you have this entire village of people that like, this is, all they, this is what they do all day. They're just manually moving and crushing and milling salt and doing all of this work. And it's insane. But I think a lot of the issues with the movie that people have is kind of looking at it unfairly that like, it's not progressive enough or it's not giving enough credit to the people on the screen. And... To some degree, like, it's, it's weird, because the way they do it is not a Talking Heads movie. There is no interview with a single damn person who works in this salt mine. You don't hear any of them talk. It is just, like, footage and then an explanation of who they are, what they're doing, and why they're doing it, how long they've been doing it. But it's formed, like, sort of poetry. Uh, it is written like it is just this long owed to these people in like poetic stanza almost does it rhyme no thank god poetry thank god no but there's a lot (laughs) there's some some flowery language they use that you're like oh that's a dick thing to say um but they just do it to say you know to try to be very expressive uh because there's a lot of them just being like could you imagine a life like this and you're like I mean, no, but like, you don't need to say it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's. A dick ass. Yeah, the narrator's a bit of an asshole now and then, but there's also a lot of like well said things. Um, like, there's this grandmother who makes pottery by hand, like, that's her big skill. Her pottery looks 
like manufactured through some like factory or something it is perfect and all she's doing is just doing it by hand and letting it dry in the sun and Mm. it is just incredible the stuff that like the people in this town are able to just achieve and it's just what they do um yeah genuinely very cool movie i just think a lot of people assume that documentaries all have to be like traditional documentaries or perfect when they're like discussing you know ethnographic things mm-hmm. and this isn't, but for you know a female directed movie from 1959 about people that nobody would have covered in 1959 not bad yeah yeah, yeah. Plus, plus it's genuinely gorgeous um pretty much gonna wrap it up in a sec uh i watched jack's back a 1988 james spader thriller that i genuinely liked way more than i should have because he plays um twins and there's like a jack the ripper copycat killings happening um and one james spader gets killed so his twin brother has to figure it out because he has a, a dream that his brother has been killed. Um, <laughs> it's so I, stupid, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it sounds delightful. Uh, completely aside here, I just realized, I'm wondering what the likelihood is that this podcast would have a pair of twins on here that are not actually twins to themselves. Like, what's <laughs> the statistic probability of this? I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's a hundred percent because there are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. Yeah. I take that bet every Despite day. Despite all odds, a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like mentioning the twin media that I ingest. Um, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we get a cut. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Got to split it in half, though. Yeah. Uh, fuck. It is. It was a fun, stupid movie, and I fell in love with the incredibly cheesy theme song, "Red Harvest." Uh, by someone named Paul Sachs and I couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere and I'm really pissed about it because I really like that song and it's terrible. Um, let's see. I did do the Douglas Sirk movie Written on the Wind. Very good. All Sirk movies are great. Just watch them, please. Um, Brock Hudson is amazing with Lauren Bacall. A lot of fun. Um, Just one where he crashes his boat? No, I think that one's even better. Um, that... It's hard to tell this fucking Cirque's apart. No, I know. Um, that one's Is that Magnificent Obsession? Yeah, that's Magnificent Obsession. The one where gotcha. you one life-saving machine. Um, right. Yeah, I think that one I like better than Written on the Wind, but Written on the Wind has the best opening song. That's the one where, like, Lauren Bacall, like, falls into bed dramatically, and it's like... Oh, yeah, and there's the leaves coming in the house? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's good. Uh, not my favorite Cirque, but it was very good. Uh, from Beyond the Grave, another horror anthology from '74. I'm only mentioning it because it was really fun. Peter Cushing is—it's basically Needful Things, but in an anthology. He is like an antique shop proprietor, and every time people like fuck up in his store, like they steal shit, or they're like, "Actually, I'm gonna haggle you on this, tricking you," and he's like, "Okay," and then horror befalls them because they fucked over Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most notable story, though, is there's a story where there's this guy who literally steals Valor. He steals, like, a purple heart or something to, like, make himself look good to the homeless man that he's been, like, buying matches off of. Who's like, man, I could tell you were in the service. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was decorated. And he's like, 
oh yeah yeah let me let me see some of your medals and he's like okay hold on and basically steals a war hero medal from peter cushing's store to impress homeless man donald pleasance <laughs> yes um, but, yes donald pleasance is like i knew you were fucking king man you rock i love you you're great come to my house have some tea we're gonna have a great time and he's like yes i don't feel appreciated at home you random homeless man you're gonna bring me the appreciation i need so he goes and meets donald's daughter who's actually played by his real daughter angela pleasance and she looks exactly like him but with long hair (laughs) oh that poor girl no exactly same fucking face hugest forehead i've ever seen um so they're very into this weird man that they've brought around the house who's like a fake war hero. And he's like, yeah, I think my daughter's going to marry you, hopefully. doesn't say that, but you can tell that's what he's working on. And then he's like, well, oh, it's so nice for you to come over, but I'm going to hang out with my buddies till midnight. So you two have fun, wink, wink. Um, so, yeah, then his daughter, you know, basically seduces this guy and it's a whole fucking thing and it's incredibly funny and Donald Pleasance is amazing in it and yeah so From from Beyond the Grave was really fun to watch. All the segments were really fun but that one was a highlight. Um, She really does look like her father. She looks just like him and it's just like really? You're gonna go for her? Okay. Um, There's a picture of them right next to each other. mm -hmm. Yeah. poor girl. I watched the, the Greg Arathi movie from uh, 93, totally fucked up. It was really fun. Um, moderately cheesy, like some of his early shit is, but like, so cool. James Duvall is amazing in his shit. I miss him. I wish he was in more stuff still. And so that's like docufiction, right? Hey, I mean, it's just sort of film like that. Like, it's it's all actors and everything. But, right. Um, yeah. like, But it's, it's supposed to be filmed like that, because one of the guys is like really into like you know, filming his life and filming his friends. So that's like part of it. Um, it's a little cheesy at times. And there's definitely some dialogue where you're like, that's very silly. Nobody ever talked like that. Um, but all of the music in it is amazing. There is like a street pickup with James Duvall and some guy. And he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, you're pretty cool. You like ministry? And like, that's their love connection. Um, yeah, of all things, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. There's like every music reference they make in this movie is top notch. Like it's probably like a little like I rated it a little higher than I felt it actually was and it was truly for all of the music things cuz all of that shit was perfect in this. Um just about done. Um from Hell it came from 57, not a good movie, very bad movie, but there is um, a vengeance tree monster, and the tree monster was amazing. Okay. Um, great title from Hell It Came. Great poster. Just look up the tree monster. That's that's. I all am I pro tree about. monster. Really yeah, I'm pro tree. all of that shit. Yeah, the tree monster is really cool. Everybody gave it shitty reviews because it's like it's a little racist. Um, it's like a South Seas island thing where like the villagers are like superstitious and they don't like science. Um. And it's it's very stupid. There's like a lot of oh, there's savages talk, and that's not great. But the tree monster rocks. Um, and so <laughs> do like the 
the two women characters are interesting. One is just a scientist who's like, no, nah, dude, I'm not going to marry you. I want to be a scientist. And he's like, don't you want to be a wife and mother like normal ladies? And she's like, no, you, you dick. I want to be a scientist. Um, like, yeah, she's cool and the tree monster's cool. Uh, Dr. X and the Return of Dr. X. Completely different movies. Not much in common. Both insane. Uh, the 32 Dr. X, not great, but what is amazing about it is after, like, a murder happens, uh, they have to find the moon killer, and so you just meet all these scientists who are, like, the suspects for the moon murder, and all of them are total freaks. Every single one of these scientists is a total fucking freak, and it's amazing. Um, and the only reason I watched it was so I could watch the return of Dr. X to see the wonderful... Humphrey Bogart in his only sci-fi role. Say no more. He plays a guy who has a streak of white hair and pets a lot of rabbits and is a total fucking creep who's also probably not alive um, and is obsessed with blood. He's a blood researcher. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I am into this. Yeah, not an amazing movie, but I did see this still of him, like, just wandering into a room saying the weirdest shit ever in the weirdest, like, Humphrey Bogart voice I've ever heard, just while petting a white rabbit. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. I need to watch this. Um, it could be better, but you can tell that Bogart did not want to do this, and it's really funny. Um, yeah, and then... I don't know. I'm sure we're going long, but I also watched The Last Party from 1993. It is Robert Downey Jr. deciding to do like a political documentary of the 92 election. Bizarre. It is a bizarre movie. I did not realize it is like 75, 60% of all about Robert Downey Jr. for some reason. Um, cause I just thought it was like a political movie that he happened to just be like a part of, uh, it's a lot of it is like, you know, my life is weird. So I'm going to like figure out how politics works right now. And you're like, all right, that's a choice. Um, he has incredibly good fucking footage though. Like he interviews like Spike Lee, Sean Penn, Oliver Stone. Um, the greatest political minds of, of the time. Yeah, he interviews a lot of ridiculously stupid famous people. Like, he shoots guns with members of Cypress Hill. Um, He, like, yeah, he goes to a bunch of different, like, protests and interviews crazy protesters. Um, He, like, straight up almost punches out, like, an anti-abortion guy who's, like, one of the ones that stands outside of a clinic and goes, Mommy, Mommy, why did you kill me? And he's like, dude, I'm gonna fucking deck you. Um... He tries to fight a bunch of Wall Street yuppies after going to Wall Street for the first time and then shit-talking them for, like, five minutes. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of really fun music in this, too. Um, it's insane. Like, it's very weird, because you do just go from, like, really impressively gotten, like, campaign footage. Like, you see them setting up the DNC, and somehow he has access to that. And... Like, he gets kicked out of the DNC at one point for, like, just breaking into people's private rooms looking for a sandwich. (laughs) You guys got sandwiches in here? And they're like, no, man, get the fuck out. And then Oliver Stone is like, yeah, dude, we got sandwiches in here. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, He just runs around. It's, like, right when he, I think, started getting real into drugs again. 
and you can tell. Um, he just runs around. There's a scene after he uh, yells at all of the Wall Street yuppie people because they're like eating at some restaurant outdoors. He gets into a public fountain and starts doing like a brushstroke. And then he like runs through a park and starts like taking off all of his clothes and then like holds court two total strangers until a child is like, dude, put your fucking clothes on. Hmm. Um, he spends a good like section of the movie bouncing up and down because as he tells you early on, there's the regular angel normal side of Robert Downey Jr. And then there's Goat Boy. And <laughs> Goat Boy just, like, bounces a lot, and Goat Boy is uncontrollable, and is, like, more of him than people will ever know. And he's like, it might look like a frog, that's just because, like, I'm not good at it yet. And you're like, okay, that's great, man. Yeah, uh, and it's one of those things, I watched it just because it was, like, you know, basically past midnight on the day that was election day, and... I was like, fuck it, I could watch a, you know, a random political thing I haven't seen before. And it was interesting to see just how much, once again, like, fear and loathing on the campaign trail. We are doing the exact same thing every four to eight years. It feels different, but it is almost the same. Yeah, it really is. The secret is the Democrats uh, hate governing, and they have for decades. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah, and yeah, there's plenty more I could say about this, and I will I will talk about it more in person because it was bananas and very weird. Just a fine movie, but like a lot of good footage, a lot of good interviews, and um, I will I will leave it at that. I watched too much shit and probably went too long, but yeah, that catches us up. Cool. And with that, we will leave you to the darkness of the void. Goodbye. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, well, oh, no. yeah, yeah, we do have a little one more bit, don't we? Before yeah, I remake really myself. Nice. Yeah, what are, we, what are we feeling in the world of recommendations this week, gang? Uh, I've got one. It's an album mm-hmm. by, uh, I think, South Korean artist King, Kim Jong-mi. It is an album titled Now from 1973. It's like korean psych rock i guess very nice yeah it's good i listened to it on my drive home the other night and i very much enjoyed it excellent Mm -hmm. uh let me see uh real quick my favorite song if you just want to hit one uh was i think unknowingly all good though right on I also have an album. I'm struggling to remember the name of it right now. But it's it's of a recent vintage, which is why I don't have it offhand. Uh, let's get another sneeze from Brooke so we can clap back in to know that we're done editing here. There we go. Unfortunately, not on command. Uh, I, I, will, I will recommend a, a recent album that I've been listening to a lot. Uh, Killing of Eugene Peeps by, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Bastion Keb. It is a uh, fictional film soundtrack to a non-existent 70s crime film. Hell yeah. Basically. Right. So it kind of, it, it has a weird kind of modern uh, tinge to it, but it's very much in the vein of like 70s crime movie and Italian soundtrack stuff. 
I think it's a very fun, you know, get shit done around the house album. Excellent. That sounds great. Okay. Worth looking into. Honestly, don't have any hard recommendations this week. I, I just feel, not, well, not even that, just like I have nothing of note to recommend. Well, oh, let me look at my bookshelf. What do we have from days gone by? Okay. I'm scouring the bookshelf. I usually <laughs> wouldn't do this, but I have a second recommendation. Yeah, fuck, I'd do it. And it's yeah. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Just Hell yeah. Watch that vampire movie, it rules. Excellent. We're going to recommend a book I read in college. It's a nonfiction book called I Is an Other. And it's a, it's a book about metaphor and how they make up everything you think and see and how we actually talk even and basically the building blocks of communication and language and visual language too it was a cool little book uh kind of dissecting how everything kind of gets put together it was fun yeah very cool um i also did not have a hard recommendation but one of the movies i watched well rewatched that i didn't really leave time to talk for uh the Francis Ford Coppola movie, Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, oh, nice. I love that movie with all my heart. I've seen it a whole lot. It is a ridiculous fantasy movie where Kathleen Turner plays um, herself as an adult and a high school student who uh, gets injured at her high school reunion and then wakes up in the past and she's back in high school in the 50s. And she has to like deal with all of that and like possibly fix mistakes she feels like she's made, including with her then high school boyfriend, later ex husband Nicholas Cage, who is insane in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I always forget that he is a Coppola, basically. Um, so his uncle was like, "Dude, I really want you in this movie," and he's like, "Nah, man, nah, I don't know about this." He's like, "Whatever, like whatever you got to do to do like this movie." So he wears false teeth and has this insane voice that he decided he should have. Oh, that rules. Uh, it's a lot, yeah. Letting your lot. nephew yeah. do something crazy just because he wanted like, to have a paycheck. He's like, it's a boy. That's classic. Um, it's, I honestly hated him in this movie when I first watched it because this movie is a ton of things I love in movies. It is like time travel. It's weird shit. It, it's very, you know, fun. He was very jarring the first time I watched it, and now I just I fucking roll with it. It's a good time. He's great in it. Uh, Jim Carrey is great as one of their high school buddies. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, Peggy Sue got married. Peggy Sue got married, and I think our podcast ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's just about to. Yeah. If you'd like to send us mail. Uh, Hit up contentnazuyapod at gmail.com.